Welcome back to our podcast, where today we're diving into a fascinating paper on boxing scoring titled, They Were Robbed, Scoring by the Middlemost to Attenuate Biased Judging in Boxing by Stuart Bauman and Carl Singleton. That's right, Tom. This paper addresses the age-old problem of biased judging in boxing, which has been a thorn in the side of both professional and Olympic boxing, leading to what many call robberies. These are instances where boxers are widely perceived to have been unjustly denied victories. Exactly, Jen. The authors propose a seemingly simple but very effective solution to counteract bias. Adjusting the scoring system so that the winner of a bout is decided by the majority of round-by-round -round victories as seen by the judges, rather than relying on the overall bout scores tallied up by each judge. This proposal is rooted in social choice theory, using what's called majority rule and middlemost aggregation functions. By changing the order in which judges' scores are aggregated, it creates a significant hurdle for any biased judge wanting to sway the outcome in favor of their preferred boxer. To put it simply, under the current system, a biased judge only needs to ensure their favored boxer wins the majority of rounds on their scorecard. However, with the proposed change, each round's result would be determined by the aggregate of all judges' scores. This forces a biased judge to align their scores with the other judges to affect the bout's outcome, which is a much harder task. The paper goes through detailed model analysis and simulations demonstrating how this minor change could significantly reduce the likelihood of biased judging affecting the bout's outcome. It's a brilliant application of social choice theory to a real-world problem, showcasing how a shift in the scoring approach could make the sport fairer. It's fascinating, Jen, because the paper also delves into the broader implications of biased judging, not just for the athletes, but for the sport's integrity. Boxing has been plagued by suspicions of corruption and bias for years, and solutions like the one proposed here could restore trust and interest in the sport. Absolutely, Tom. And though the paper focuses on boxing, the implications extend to other judged sports where bias and corruption have undermined fair competition. It's a testament to the power of clever, nuanced rule changes in sports governance to address long-standing issues. Now, reflecting on this paper, what stands out to me is not just the elegance of the proposed solution, but also the potential it has to rejuvenate boxing by making matches more transparent and fair. This could be a game-changer, attracting fans who might have been disillusioned by past robberies. I couldn't agree more, Tom. It's a prime example of how a deep understanding of the problem, combined with innovative thinking and solid research, can lead to simple yet effective solutions. Kudos to Bauman and Singleton for not only highlighting a problem, but offering a concrete, practical solution that could make a real difference. And that's a wrap for today's episode. We explored the depths of biased judging in boxing and how a proposed change in scoring could make all the difference. Be sure to tune in next time for more insightful discussions. Until next time, keep thinking outside the box, or the ring in this case. Goodbye, everyone. Are you tired of yelling at the TV, throwing popcorn at the screen, and swearing off boxing because your favorite fighter got robbed by biased judging? Fear no more, introducing Fair Knock, the revolutionary app directly inspired by the groundbreaking paper. They were robbed, scoring by the middlemost to attenuate biased judging in boxing.
Fairknock uses the power of middlemost scoring to bring justice to your screen. It's like having a referee in your pocket, but without the awkward bulge. Watch live fights with our unbiased, algorithm-powered judge system. If you think the official score stinks worse than a locker room after 12 rounds, just tap the fair play button. And for those moments when you just can't believe the audacity of that one judge, we've got the boo feature. It sends a virtual tomato at the screen because sometimes you just need to throw something. Plus, with Fair Knock, you can join a global community of boxing fans who vote on who they think won each round. Think of it as social justice, but for sports. Download Fair Knock today and turn those boxing match robberies into a thing of the past. Fair Knock, where every punch counts and no fighter gets robbed unless they forget to duck. And remember, with Fair Knock, we're not just changing the game. We're making it fair and hilarious. No more rage quits, only victory dances. Fair knock, because who doesn't want to throw a virtual tomato at a biased judge? Welcome to our special episode where we delve into the intricacies of navigating market turbulence. Insights from Causal Network Contagion Value at Risk by Katerina Regana, Ernst C. Witt, and Samantha Cook. This paper is a gem in the realm of financial risk management, and we're here to break it down for you. That's right, Tom. The paper presents a groundbreaking methodology known as Causal NICO-VAR, which stands for Causal Network Contagion Value at Risk. Unlike traditional risk assessment methods that heavily rely on correlations and often fall short during market turbulences, this approach introduces a robust way of predicting risks, taking financial contagion into full account. Financial contagion, for our listeners, refers to the idea that financial crises can spread from one institution or country to another, much like a virus. The paper starts by establishing how existing value-at-risk VR models can fail to capture this contagion effect accurately, particularly during external shocks, making the need for a more stable predictive method patently clear. Absolutely, Tom. This is where the paper shines by introducing the causal NICO-VAR method. Through the use of causal inference and network theory, this methodology is able to map out and quantify the directional influences among assets, essentially telling us how one asset's risk can affect another's. It's a complex process, but incredibly valuable for understanding market dynamics in a deeper way. To illustrate its effectiveness, the paper takes us through comprehensive simulation studies, as well as a real-world application in the Forex market. The results? Causal NICO VR not only outperforms traditional models in terms of predictive accuracy, but also demonstrates remarkable robustness in turbulent financial environments, offering a clearer risk assessment landscape. What's fascinating here is the paper's approach to estimating this causal NICO VR. It's a multi-step process that involves identifying the causal structure of the network, estimating contagion coefficients, and then calculating VR using either a Gaussian or copula-based method, depending on the data's distribution. This meticulous process reflects the complexity of financial markets and the need for detailed models. And you know, Jen, the broader implications of this research are profound. The authors convincingly argue that by better understanding the causal relationships within financial networks, institutions can navigate market turbulences more effectively, safeguarding against unforeseen disturbances and systemic risks. Spot on, Tom. This ties into the ongoing conversation about the evolution of financial risk management. 
As markets become more interconnected, the traditional models that focus on correlations without causation just won't cut it. The causal NICO VR model represents a significant leap forward, not just for academic research, but for practical applications in finance. Reflecting on this paper, it's clear that embracing causal inference in financial risk analysis is not just innovative, it's necessary. The financial industry's cautious approach towards new methodologies may be prudent, but this paper demonstrates the tangible benefits of integrating advanced statistical techniques with traditional financial models. To wrap up, navigating market turbulence insights from causal network contagion value at risk is an essential read for anyone interested in the future of financial risk management. It challenges us to think differently about how we assess and manage risk, urging us towards more resilient and informed financial decision-making. It's been a fascinating journey dissecting this paper, Jen. The blend of complex theory with real-world application truly showcases the potential of causal NICO VAR in transforming financial risk management. Indeed, Tom. To our listeners, we hope this episode has shed some light on the intricate dance of financial markets and the innovative methods being developed to navigate its uncertainties. Until next time, keep curious and stay informed. Have you ever watched the stock market and thought, well, that's as unpredictable as my cat deciding to love me or leave me for the smallest crumb of cheese? Oh, absolutely, Tom. But worry no more. Introducing Causal Cats, the revolutionary service turning the world of finance on its head, inspired by the cutting-edge Causal Network Contagion Value at Risk methodology. That's right, folks. Imagine, instead of relying on stuffy old models and calculations, Causal Cats employs an elite squadron of feline financial forecasters. Using their innate ability to sense when someone is about to open a can of tuna, they predict market contagions and financial turbulence with precision. Need to know if your portfolio will weather the storm? Just watch Mr. Whiskerson hit the panic button, also known as his favorite squeaky mouse, to signal it's time to adjust your assets. It's scientifically backed, probably. And for a limited time, sign up for our Feline Futures forecast and receive a free laser pointer. Because if there's one thing that's more unpredictable than the market, it's where that red dot will land next. Causal cats. Because why not trust your financial stability to the same creatures that think cardboard boxes are the pinnacle of luxury? Call now and let's make your portfolio the cat's meow. Welcome back to our podcast, where today we're diving deep into a study that's at the intersection of technology, sustainability, and the materials that fuel our industries. That's right, Tom. We're exploring the paper titled Towards Industry 5.0, a systematic literature review on sustainable and green composite materials supply chains by Minda Rabiul Hassan, Mustoba Ahmed Khan, and Thorsten Wust from West Virginia University and Carroll University. The focus here is on the big leap towards Industry 5.0, which isn't just about advancing technology, but integrating that technology with sustainability at its heart. Exactly, Tom. And a big part of this puzzle is the use of composite materials. They're materials made from two or more constituent materials with significantly different physical or chemical properties. When combined, produce a material with characteristics different from the individual components. Right, Jen. Composite materials bring benefits like lightweight structures important for reducing fuel consumption. 
Given the climate crisis, focusing on such materials isn't a luxury, it's a necessity. The paper presents a systematic literature review to shed light on the current status of research at this intersection, pinpointing gaps, methodologies, and future research opportunities related to sustainable supply chains and composites. They've gone through databases like Scopus and Web of Science, analyzing thousands of studies, ending up with a detailed review of 30 selected papers that deal directly with the composite materials supply chain. What's fascinating here, Tom, is the methodology itself. They employed bibliometric analysis, looking into metadata to provide context around trends, keywords, and even influencers in this research area. One of their major findings revolves around the key contributions and challenges in making composite materials supply chains sustainable. This includes developing key performance indicators, or KPIs, for measuring success in these initiatives. And it doesn't stop there. The study also signals towards future directions, like integrating current research gaps with sustainability efforts in composite materials supply chains, offering a roadmap for future work in this field. In reflecting on this, Tom, it's clear that we're standing on the threshold of a new era. Industry 5.0 isn't just about smarter machines. It's about redefining the relationship between man and machine, focusing on sustainability and environmental stewardship. Absolutely, Tom. It's a call to action for industries, researchers, and policymakers to prioritize green supply chains and sustainable practices. The implications of this are massive, not just for reducing carbon footprints, but in paving the way for a more sustainable future across the board. It's a reminder that innovation isn't just about what new technologies we can create, but how we can use these technologies responsibly to safeguard the planet for future generations. Indeed, Tom. As we embrace Industry 5.0, let's not forget the role of green and sustainable practices in shaping a world where technology and sustainability go hand in hand. Thanks for tuning into this deep dive, everyone. We'll be back with more thought-provoking discussions. Remember, it's not just about understanding the world, but taking steps to make it better. Until next time, stay curious and stay informed. Has your morning coffee ever whispered, save the planet, or your shampoo bottle screamed for a sustainable future? No? Well, folks, it's about to get real with EcoComposite Co. That's right, Tom. At EcoComposite Co., we've cracked the code by turning yesterday's research paper into today's lifestyle. Imagine wearing shoes made from composite materials that once lived as a carbon footprint lecture. Just picture it, folks. Your morning jog is now a stride towards sustainability, powered by the souls of innovation, quite literally. With every step, you're not just hitting your fitness goals, but also punching climate change in the face. And it doesn't stop at shoes. EcoComposite Co. brings you furniture that absorbs CO2, clothing that cleans the air, and water bottles that practically fill themselves with tears of joy from environmental scientists. So if you want to make your friends green with envy, or simply green, period, EcoComposite Co. is your go-to for all things sustainable, fashionable, and a bit magical. Head to our website and use the promo code GREENFUTURE for 10% off your first purchase. EcoComposite Co. Because why just wear your heart on your sleeve when you can wear your environmental consciousness? And remember, each product comes with a complimentary high-five from Mother Nature herself. Well, not literally, but you get the vibe. Shop now.
Welcome back to our in-depth discussion here on the podcast. Today, we're unpacking a fascinating paper that explores the intersection of monetary policy and gendered labor market dynamics in developing economies. The paper we're diving into is a comprehensive analysis conducted by Marjan Petreski, Stefan Tanevsky, and Alejandro Di Jacobo. That's right, Tom. The paper uses an innovative approach, amending the Taylor rule with official reserves movements to derive country-specific monetary shocks. It then employs a local projections estimator to track how these monetary shocks impact labor market responses, separating the effects on men and women in 99 developing economies between 2009 and 2021. Let's break down some complex topics here. The Taylor Rule, which is a guiding principle for central banks in setting interest rates, has been modified in this study to account for the unique economic environments of developing countries. By considering movements in official reserves, the authors aim to capture more accurately how monetary policy is conducted in countries that often have fixed exchange rates or engage in interventions in the foreign exchange market. Exactly, Tom, and what they found is both intriguing and concerning. The results show that after a monetary shock, women tend to experience more adverse employment outcomes compared to men. This leads to a widening of the gender employment gap in the labor market. In essence, women are more likely to leave the labor market than men following a shock. And diving deeper, the paper finds that this impact isn't uniform across sectors or regions. Interestingly, there's limited evidence of sector-specific reactions to interest rates. However, the adverse effect on women's employment is particularly pronounced in developing Asia and Latin America, while Africa shows a slower manifestation of these shock impacts, and Europe the mildest effects. The paper uses the term gender bias to describe the tendency of monetary policy shocks to disproportionately affect women's employment. It's a critical insight, highlighting how economic policies, even when seemingly gender neutral, can have profoundly different impacts on men and women. Reflecting on this, Jen, the broader relevance of this paper is clear. It provides empirical evidence that can guide policymakers in developing economies. Recognizing the gendered impact of monetary shocks is a step toward more inclusive economic policymaking that considers the diverse roles and positions of men and women in the economy. Absolutely, Tom. The study also emphasizes the need for tailored policies to mitigate these gendered consequences. It's not just about adjusting monetary policy, but also implementing structural, fiscal, and redistributive measures that support those most affected by economic shocks, especially women. It raises an important point about the critical role of central banks and policymakers in incorporating gender considerations into their analyses and policy frameworks. By doing so, they can help ensure that monetary policy supports the goal of gender equality and doesn't inadvertently widen existing disparities. In conclusion, this paper is a compelling addition to our understanding of how economic policy intersects with gender dynamics in the labor market. It reminds us that behind the numbers and economic indicators are real people whose lives and livelihoods can be deeply affected by these policy decisions. Well said, Jen. And that wraps up our discussion on this insightful paper, The Complexity of Monetary Policy and its unintended gendered impacts is a topic that warrants further research and a mindful approach from policymakers around the world. Thanks for tuning in. 
Join us next time as we continue to explore impactful research and untangle the complexities of our world. Ever felt confused why your money seems to disappear faster than your significant others? Wonder no more. Introducing Equibank, the world's first gender-responsive bank. Here at Equibank, we scrutinized the nitty-gritty of monetary policy impacts and decided it's time to balance the scales. Literally. Our banking services come with a gender-aware twist, ensuring your financial treatments don't leave you or your wallet wondering what went wrong. Got a paycheck? Fantastic. Deposit with us and see it grow, or at least not shrink based on gender-biased economic fluctuations. Our AI-powered fair share technology redistributes interest earnings to adjust for those pesky, unintended monetary policy impacts. And for those moments when the economy decides to throw a curveball, our shock absorber accounts are here to soften the blow. Especially tailored for women, these accounts offer emergency fund access when monetary shocks hit. Because let's face it, not all surprises are fun. But wait, there's more. Sign up in the next 15 minutes and get exclusive access to our Currency Equalizer app, where every dollar earns an equal smile, regardless of who's spending it. Equibank, where your money works as hard as you do, fighting the gender gap one transaction at a time. Because gender equality shouldn't stop at the wallet. Terms and conditions apply. Equal opportunity banking for all. Finally. <music> Welcome to our deep dive into a fascinating paper titled Coarse-Graining Correlation Matrices According to Macrostructures, Financial Markets as a Paradigm by M. Miguel Martinez-Ramos and colleagues. This paper explores a complex area of financial markets, making it an exciting journey for us today. Right, Tom. At its core, this paper aims to understand financial markets better by analyzing the correlation structures within them. Financial markets are rich, complex systems where various factors interplay, making them an ideal subject for such a study. Exactly, Jen. Traditionally, the analysis of financial markets heavily relies on the correlation matrices of stock returns. The authors of this paper take a unique approach by applying a method called coarse graining to these matrices. This technique simplifies the correlation matrices by focusing on market sectors rather than individual stocks. Coarse graining isn't new, but its application to financial market data in this way definitely is. By grouping stocks into sectors and then averaging the correlation matrix elements within these blocks, the authors create what they call sectorial GUR matrices. And the beauty of this approach, as the paper demonstrates, is that it significantly reduces the complexity. For example, for the S&P 500 market, Instead of dealing with over 60,000 parameters in a full correlation matrix, the sectorial GUR matrix only has 55 parameters. That's a drastic reduction, which could make analyzing and predicting market trends much more manageable. But here's where it gets even more interesting. The authors compare the outcomes of their coarse grain method with traditional Pearson correlation matrices. What they find is remarkable. The behavior of market states is quite similar across both methods. This similarity suggests that the sectorial GUR matrices retain the essential information of the full matrices, despite the substantial simplification. That's a crucial point, Jen. It essentially means investors and analysts could potentially use these simplified matrices for financial decision-making processes like asset allocation or portfolio optimization, 
without losing critical information. The paper also finds that the number of relevant variables, these are the variables that considerably influence market dynamics, is significantly reduced by orders of magnitude. It's also worth noting how the researchers applied this methodology. They used S&P 500 and Nikkei 225 market data, focusing on stocks that were consistently present over their chosen time horizon. Their approach also involved using a clustering algorithm to identify discrete market states, offering a novel lens through which to view market dynamics. On the methodological side, they've leveraged some sophisticated techniques like k-means clustering and dimensional scaling. These are not simple tools by any means, but the authors demonstrate their application in a way that's both rigorous and accessible, which is no small feat. And let's not forget the broader implications of this research. The ability to simplify complex correlation structures without losing essential information could be a game changer for financial market analysis. This approach could pave the way for more efficient and accurate prediction models, ultimately leading to better decision-making in the financial sector. Absolutely. In conclusion, this paper takes us on a deep and detailed journey into the heart of financial market structures. By proposing a novel method to simplify these structures without compromising on informational integrity, the authors have opened up new avenues for analysis and understanding in economics and finance. It's a fascinating blend of complexity science, economics, and financial analysis, and it's these kinds of interdisciplinary approaches that often lead to the most intriguing and useful discoveries. Well said, Jen. For our listeners who are keen on diving deeper into the complex world of financial markets, this paper is a treasure trove of insights and methodologies. And on that note, we wrap up another episode of our podcast. Thanks for joining us on this intellectual journey, and we'll see you next time for another deep dive. Until then, keep exploring and stay curious. Ever looked at the stock market and thought it resembled alphabet soup? Well, folks, have we got a solution for you. Introducing Simplify Stocks the only service in the galaxy that turns the chaotic cosmos of the stock market into a walk in the park. Forget about wading through endless streams of data or needing a PhD in correlation matrix theory. With Simplify Stocks, we use the power of sectorial GUR matrices to distill the essence of the market. Want to invest in tech but scared off by the numbers? Bam! Simplify Stocks breaks it down into easy-peasy, lemon-squeezy insights. It's like having a financial guru in your pocket minus the guru's hourly rates. But wait, there's more. Sign up in the next 20 minutes and we'll throw in our exclusive market mood ring. Yes, you heard right. Our ring changes color based on market states, from chill blue to sell your stocks red. Simplify stocks because who said financial analysis couldn't, couldn't be fun, weird, and incredibly easy. Disclaimer, market mood rings should not be your sole financial advisor. Call 1-800-GAR-MAT now. Simplify stocks, finance, simplified and mystified.